Hello, and welcome to the Make Business Matter podcast, where we help you turn purpose into profit and customers and employees into passionate fans. I'm your host, Aaron Shields, partner and director of research for the Colt Branding Company. On this episode, we'll answer the question, what is branding? When most people hear I do branding, they think I do logos or taglines, but logos and taglines are part of a brand's identity, part of the way the brand is expressed, not the brand itself. Logos and taglines act as recall cues for the brand. When someone sees a logo or hears a tagline, they trigger all the associations someone has with the brand, or sometimes in the case of weak brands, they don't do anything. So what is a brand? A brand is the sum of everything you say and do, but more importantly, it's what the customers believe they hear you say and believe they see you do. Think about when you meet a new person, they're a bit of a blank slate, but over time you start to develop ideas and associations about them. That becomes that person's brand. It's the same with a company. A brand is the associations customers develop over time based on the way they see what a brand says and what a brand does. Uh, So brands, in some sense, are co-authored experiences. This is something a lot of people get wrong. A lot of people think that a brand is what they say it is. And if they ignored the last decade or a few decades of advertising and marketing, they'd be correct. Back in the day, classically, advertising would work that way. A company decided what they stood for, then told the customers what that was or what functional benefit they offered before anyone else did. Since advertising worked more under a culture of consumption than the culture of creation, it worked. You couldn't go on the internet and read hundreds of reviews of the product. You just had to rely on what you heard or what your neighbor thought, who also heard the same advertising. If 9 out of 10 dentists agrees, you don't want to be the non-dentist saying they're wrong. Now you can create your own content and talk poorly about a brand. For example, uh, back in the day in 2009, I don't know if you remember, but United Breaks Guitars. It was a song by David Carroll, his band Sunto Maxwell, over an incident that happened in... Uh, 2008, it was a trilogy of songs released over the course of the year, um, complaining about how United broke his guitar when he was traveling on their plane. So a company can set the intention of a brand, but the customers interpret it based on their own experience with it. It's a volley between proposal that the company makes and the customers accepting or denying that proposal. The company actions plus customer perceptions equals the brand. It's a relationship between the brand and the customer. Like all relationships, it can be a great one or a bad one or anything in between. So it's not just the good things you do, but it's also all the bad customer service and bad advertising you run. Strong brands do a lot of things, but they do two main things. They solve a meaningful tension, and they solve it consistently. As far as solving meaningful tensions, a brand has to be relevant to the customer's lives. It has to solve a meaningful tension and solve it over and over again in better and better ways. Tensions don't disappear. They just appear in new ways. For example, a massage gets rid of a problem, but then you have to go back for upkeep because you don't want the knot to come back. As far as consistency, your brand must consistently deliver on what it promises, both on a functional level of the product and on a bigger level, the tension the brand solves. On a functional level, take something like ketchup. It's dinner time at your house. You've got this big, juicy burger. The only thing that's missing is ketchup. So you go to the fridge, you take out a bottle, you give it a shake. After squeezing a good amount of the ketchup on your burger, you take a bite. Something's wrong, though. Instead of this tomato ketchup-y experience that you're expecting, you get this watery, bland mess on top of your burger. It tastes really bad, so you throw out the ketchup and buy a new bottle. This time, everything's great. You use up that bottle, and then you go get another bottle from the store. This time, watery and bland ketchup again. It's time to go back to the store for another bottle. Are you going to buy the same brand of ketchup again and not know if you're going to get a watery, bland one or a great-tasting ketchup? What does the brand stand for? Inconsistent ketchup? You don't really know. 
It seems absurd, but it's what a lot of brands do with their marketing and advertising. Uh, taking something on a tension level, for example, you go to a restaurant and you have a great meal, you go back a week later, looks exactly the same from the outside, but you walk in and now they ask if you want an oil change. They're giving you a completely different offer. They're solving a completely different tension. And again, you have no idea what they stand for. And this is also something a lot of brands end up doing with their marketing and advertising. Brands fail because the only thing they're consistent about is trying something new and pulling themselves in different directions every time to try to get different target customer groups. Super Bowl ads are a great example of this. They create an obsession with being seen and standing out instead of consistently mattering. This obsession with being seen has been in advertising for a long time. In 1965, Bill Burnback, advertising guru, said, Do you know that 85% of ads don't get looked at? We're not even hated. They ignore us. And this is something that's only been amplified with social media. Super Bowl ads are pricey because of eyeballs, and it's become a game of trumping everyone else with something that gets views and likes rather than something that creates meaning. But what often happens is you get short-term views with no long-term benefits for the business. Hyundai is a great example of this. They've become a fixture in Super Bowl ads over the years, but they bowed out this year because of low sales. But frankly, they probably should have bowed out a while ago. In 2016, for example, they released three ads, two for the Elantra and one for Genesis. The ads got a total of 52 million views, with one of them being the most viewed Super Bowl ad, and all three were in the top 10 of USA Today's ad meter readings, with one of them at the top spot. Analysts expected them to rise because visits to the vehicle websites on that Sunday were higher than any Sunday in the previous year. Their sales that year only rose 1% over the month, and it wasn't even driven by the vehicles in the ads. It was driven by the Tucson SUV. This is a common problem. In 2015, the VW Passat was the most viewed Super Bowl ad of all time, yet sales were down every month for the rest of the year compared to the year before. Looking at the Hyundai ads, they had nothing in common aside from being funny. Funny gets views, but what customer wants to drive the funny car? It solves no tension in the car buying process, and as a result, it just got views and no sales. David Ogilvy in Ogilvy on Advertising wrote, Go through a magazine and pick out the advertisements you like best. You probably will pick out those with beautiful illustrations or clever copy. You forget to ask yourself whether your favorite advertisements would make you want to buy the product. Despite what many agencies claim, brands aren't logos or taglines, and they can't be made or changed with a single ad campaign. Brands are only created through consistency. So if you keep changing what you're saying to the customer, and if what you're saying isn't related to attention that your product solves, customers aren't going to know what to associate with you, and you end up with a brand that's a mess. Lack of consistency creates average brands. A brand that's done it really well is Nike. Nike has basically ran one ad for decades. It's a warrior challenging themselves to the extreme and becoming triumphant. It speaks to athletes who continue to push themselves every day and those that want to just get a little part of that. They're focused on one archetypal image, the warrior, and just run it over and over again in new ways. Nike capitalizes on the archetype of the warrior using battle imagery in its depiction of athletes to the extreme. Only the ultimate champion survives. Remember the Silver is for Losers campaign? They focus on finding creative ways to represent the same consistent archetype that is tied to the needs their brand fulfills, the innate needs that the customer has over and over again, year after year. They do it frequently, they do it consistently, and they target the same needs over and over and over again. And they've done it so often with a swoosh in full view that seeing the swoosh is now enough to recall everything the brand fulfills for its customers. So that is what a logo should do. It acts as a recall cue for all the associations with the brand. It triggers the emotions and experiences people have from interacting with the brand. 
it's a lot like Pavlov's dog in classical conditioning. You tie a product to an existing emotion over and over again. Nike used warrior imagery over and over again to create feelings of dominance and accomplishment and tie that to their logo. The logo is the recall cue for the brand, but not the brand itself. So to recap, branding is everything you say and do and the way the customer experiences it. It's a co-author experience. You make a proposition and the customer accepts or denies it. What the customer interprets as your actions and what you say is what the brand actually is. The brand happens in the mind of the customer. Strong brands do two things. They make a meaningful promise of solving a tension in customers' lives, and they deliver on it consistently. Logos are recall cues for the emotions and associations of the brand, not the brand itself. In this episode, we tackled what a brand is. In the next episode, in two weeks on August 26th, we'll dive deeper into branding and answer the question, how are brands constructed? This question pushes beyond the typical marketing-focused concept of the brand and looks at it for what it truly is, a holistic expression of the company. If you like this episode, please help me out by subscribing to this podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Aaron Shields, and I hope you go out there and make business matter. Thank you.